The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Lucy Hewitt, and her guest experts. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here is Lucy Hewitt. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Madeline Hewitt. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD. We'd like to welcome you to our show today on gut bacteria and how it impacts your health. I'm going to start by asking you, what do you think about bacteria? Are you someone who tries to disinfect everything and maybe you wipe down everything you touch? And maybe you think of bacteria as something negative that you want to really just get completely out of your life. Well, our topic today is good bacteria and learning the significance of bacteria in our everyday lives. Do you know that you have more microbial cells than human cells in your body? Yes, you actually have more bacteria and yeast and other microbes. Those types of cells, they way outnumber your human cells. Yes, you are made mostly of bacteria, yeast, and these other organisms, and that's not only a little bit more. You have over 100 trillion organisms in your gut. Research shows us that our bodies are made of 90% microbes and only 10% human cells. You are only 10% human. This was found with genetic mapping research. They looked at trillions of cells in the body and found 90% to be microbial DNA. Now, that's actually really surprising when I found that information out. I mean, aren't you too amazed by that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Doesn't really seem like something you would think of. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, And why don't we just look like a big bacteria then? Our human cells are much larger than the microbial cells, so our mass is mostly human. That's why we look like humans and not like bugs. And think of it, if 90% of our cells are microbial, how should we put any attention on those cells when working on improving our health? Should we put that attention on there? Because what happens when we ignore 90% of our cells? Do you think that would make a difference between health and disease? You know, I really think that it would make a huge difference, and that answer is absolutely yes. That 90% of DNA and cell mass in your body is alive and active, and it's doing something to the remaining 10% of your human cells. The question is, is it doing something good, or is it doing something bad to your human cells? Now, the answer lies in which types of bacteria and microorganisms that you have in your body and in what percentages. And that's our topic today. 
we're going to be discussing the implications of having the wrong types of microbes. And by microbes, we mean bacteria, yeast, and any of those other types of organisms. So we'll just be calling those microbes. So we'll be discussing the implications of having the wrong types of microbes and what the problems that that can cause for you and for your health. We'll talk about how your health can improve once it has the right microbes. Most importantly, we'll list out what steps that you can take to improve your microbial population and improve your health. So let's get started with talking about where these bacteria are located. Well, you'll find most of these bacteria and microorganisms in your large intestine. They also live in your small intestine, but to a lesser extent. And you should have about four pounds of bacteria and yeast inside your body, which is about the size and weight of a brick. Now, did you say the size and weight of a brick? Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that if I just think of holding a brick and just how heavy that would be, What you're saying is that's actually the weight of the bacteria that would be found inside your large and small intestine. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. Wow, that's that's really amazing. And um, you know, to just think that you have that volume, and that's only the bacteria and yeast that are inside of your intestine. Knowing that you've got lots and lots of other bacteria throughout your body, so I'm just really amazed when I find out about wow how much that is and what an impact that would make if if most of that was actually harmful bacteria versus good bacteria, I can see now how that would make a huge difference in your health. And do people have different combinations of good and bad bacteria? Yep. Everyone has a combination of what we call good bacteria and then what we would call the bad bacteria. And when we have a higher ratio of the bad bacteria than the good kind, the good kind gets crowded out and the bad bacteria can take over. Well, should we have some bad bacteria or are we expected to make all of that bad bacteria go away? Nope, we do want to have some bad bacteria, or the fact is that we will always have some bad bacteria, but the goal is not to completely eliminate the bad bacteria. Instead, we want to maximize your good bacteria and minimize the bad. Many people, though, have an overgrowth of that bad bacteria as well as yeasts, and those contribute to numerous health problems. So what kind of health problems would you have if you had an imbalanced gut flora? Low energy can happen from yeast or candida overgrowth. You'll feel excessively tired, even foggy with your thinking. Now, I know some people who have experience with that, that, you know, they just can't get out of bed in the morning and it's actually difficult to get through the workday. This is something when you have that yeast overgrowth like that, people do not feel good with that. And sometimes, you know, you've got this low energy and you just can't get going and maybe you use caffeine to get yourself going and you can see how that's not going to be necessarily a very health, healthy or helpful tactic for you. And then sometimes people think, oh, it must be thyroid or it must be this or it might be that. Often people don't really look to the gut and think, wow, you know what? I really might have some yeast overgrowth. And this is a very, very common problem for people. So we suggest if this is something you're experiencing, at least consider that this could be happening for you. Now, there's something else that these problems cause with the imbalanced gut flow. Or what would be another one, Madeline? 
Well, a, another one of those problems would be food cravings, lots of sugar and carb cravings, because those unhealthy bacteria and organisms prefer to eat sugar. Oh, I see. Really? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So if they're in there and they're wanting sugar, it really makes you want to eat sugar so that they can be fed. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. And if you do cut back on carbs and sugar, your body will protest and you'll start having cravings because the bad gut bacteria and yeasts are not getting their sugar fix. And the cravings will feel like you can't control them. They kind of come from within and it comes out through you having a craving. Mm -hmm. Now, Lucy, you must have experience with your clients with this, people that just say, you know, I'm doing everything, I'm eating more vegetables, but all I can ever think about is sugar. I mean, do you hear that from your clients? I do all the time and they try and give up sugar. Some clients can give up sugar no problem and once they get it out of their system, they don't crave it anymore. But then there are these people who tend to have the overgrowth of bad bacteria. They can't get rid of the cravings by giving up the sugar. Mm-hmm. So then the cravings just continue to pester them, right? On and on and on and on. They um, do. Yeah, I, I've had a, a client that I work with where she she just like dreams of things like cinnamon bread and all of, you know, the carbs and other types of breads and maybe cookies. And I, I really think that when that's going on, that we really want to address the overgrowth of yeast in the gut so that those cravings can just start to calm down. What do you think? Yep, definitely. And there are other things that come up with having these this growth of bacteria as well. Mm-hmm. And what about any sort of things with people's moods? Yes, depression and anxiety due to the lack of B vitamins and feel-good neurotransmitters. Did you know that your good bacteria actually make vitamins? They make B vitamins and the neurotransmitters are made right in your gut when you have plenty of good bacteria. Oh, no, that's interesting because I, I guess I always think that these neurotransmitters, they just kind of are made and they float around in your brain. But you're saying that actually your gut bacteria make the neurotransmitters. I'm assuming you're talking about things like dopamine and serotonin, that they're just made by this good bacteria. Is that what you're talking about? Yep, that's right. Wow. And when- Yeah, that just has a lot of implications. You know, if you think, wow, you mean these good bacteria are actually manufacturing chemicals in your body that travel to your brain and make you feel great. Yeah, so you can think if you don't have the right bacteria, the good type of bacteria in your gut, you're not getting these feel-good vitamins like vitamin B, and you're not getting these brain chemicals like serotonin, or you're much more likely to get depleted in those. Mm -hmm. So we found that when you don't have enough good bacteria and you've got a lot of bad bacteria, you can really feel this low energy, you get these sugar cravings and carb cravings, and then on top of it, you can get depressed or have anxiety. I mean, this is a a pretty big deal. It is. Yeah. Something else that can come up for people is osteoporosis and bone density problems. And then this is a big deal and possibly even heart disease. And where is that link? Where does that come from? Well, your good bacteria make another vitamin. Lucy discussed the vitamin, the B vitamins, 
But your good bacteria also make vitamin K2. And vitamin K2, now don't mix it up with the K1. That vitamin K1 is found in the green leafy vegetables and helps with blood clotting. But vitamin K2 is a different vitamin. It's responsible for helping get the calcium that you eat. Or if you're taking calcium supplements, the vitamin K2 helps to get that calcium deposited right into your bone and not deposited into your arteries. And if we look back here, that calcium deposited in your arteries, that's one of the possible causes of heart disease that people could be experiencing. So we really want that vitamin K2. It's not necessarily easy to find that in many, many, many sources of your diet. And most everyone's not supplementing with vitamin K2. And so where you would get that is that your good bacteria manufacture that vitamin K2 for you. But if you don't have enough of that good bacteria, that's not happening for you. And it sets you up to put your calcium rather into your arteries and possibly into your kidneys and contribute to kidney stones. Now, irritable bowel syndrome is something else that can happen with imbalanced gut flora. And irritable bowel syndrome irritable bowel syndrome. It's kind of hard to say that one fast. I'm going to try it again. Irritable bowel syndrome. (laughs) That's something where you alternate between constipation and diarrhea. And there are other conditions as well, such as Crohn's disease, other inflammatory bowel conditions. And then we have vaginal yeast infections. On top of that, eczema and rashes and other skin problems, all of those things can result from having imbalanced gut flora. Wow, this is a huge list, all different types of diseases. Yeah, it really does reach far. So we can see that that gut, you know, it's right in the center of your body, how important that is that it's actually housed with the right, the right little bugs in there. Mm-hmm. What else can happen? Well, leaky gut, which leads to food sensitivities and then can eventually lead to autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Sjogren's syndrome, fibromyalgia, even more. Wow. Yeah, that's that's kind of a lot going on. mm -hmm. It is a big deal. And I guess I'm not understanding exactly how this leaky gut thing happens. And really, what is leaky gut? I mean, that's kind of an odd thing to say. I have leaky gut. Yeah, this happens in your small intestines when the tissues of your gut start to become less selectively permeable. That means Bigger particles of foods, bacteria, yeast can start to leak through your gut into the bloodstream, which isn't supposed to normally happen. Normally, what's supposed to happen when you digest food is just the smallest nutrients are allowed through. Leaky gut allows everything to go through, and that activates your immune system. Okay, I get it. You mean so that if you have a kind of a big overgrowth of some of these yeasts and the bad bacteria that they contribute to these cells in your small intestine opening up. Is that what you mean? The cells open. They're supposed to remain nice and closed with a nice barrier. They open up and allow these food particles to go through. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. When you don't have enough of those good bacteria, there's an overgrowth of yeast or parasites or bad bacteria. And all of those bad microbes, 
those are going to be what do, what upsets the cells in your gut. Okay. okay. So so I would think that if you have leaky gut, you're probably more prone to colds and flus and other viruses. And because of leaky gut, your immune system is already compromised and that makes you vulnerable to catch colds. Yeah, that doesn't sound very fun. And I guess it kind of explains it because you can be in an office and you go, wow, these certain people, they're kind of always getting sick. Like every time there's a cold mm-hmm. and it goes around the office, there will be some people that say, wow, I just, I haven't been sick for five years. And other people that every little thing that's going around, they're catching. And this can really be a reason why, because they don't have the right gut bacteria. And so it opens them up and makes them more prone to all of these things floating around. Yeah, and you know, I see autism is also something that can be highly affected by the gut bacteria in children. And autism has been shown to improve or even disappear when gut bacteria are optimized. And it's not that if you optimize the gut bacteria, that's going to be the only thing if somebody has autism. But that's going to be a major, major part in the treatment of people with autism is focusing on the gut. Now, it looks like, are we running into a break here? Yes, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about this topic and how we even got into this whole mess. We'll see you back soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Holy hormones, honey. Every week, this groundbreaking radio show brings you insight about hormone fluctuations, addressing the core biological issues that cause mood disorders, and offers a general support center for women everywhere at any stage in their lives. Host Leslie Carol Botha has the passion and drive to help you make informed decisions about your well-being and reclaim your life. Holy Hormones, Honey, sponsored by True Hope Incorporated, is broadcast live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, here with Madeline and Jeannie. Before the break, we were talking about all the different kinds of problems that can happen when you have unbalanced gut flora. Now, Jeannie, continue with our conversation. Yeah, we were just talking a little bit about autism and that it's multifactorial and that there's a lot of different um, things that people can do to help that condition, but how important, one of the most important things with somebody with autism is to improve the gut bacteria. And you know, not only autism, but really any condition that affects thinking. So that might be Alzheimer's, dementia, and any issue with your brain or your nervous system any issue there is going to be affected by the status of your gut bacteria. So how did we even get into this mess? And what messes up the gut bacteria? Well, it actually starts in utero and at birth, then continues with infant feeding. Whatever gut bacteria the mother has is what the baby gets. And it's wise for pregnant women to put attention on their own gut flora, and even more wise is to do this before you get pregnant. All the suggestions we talk about at the end of the show would be very beneficial for pregnancy and before. So this is odd. Pregnancy in utero, how does that even happen? Well, as the baby travels through the birth canal, the baby picks up more bacteria from the vaginal wall. Imagine if this is yeast infested. Not a good start for that baby. And then once the baby is born, the ideal food is breast milk. Breast milk contains the same bacteria that's in the mom's gut, so breast milk is going to help build the right bacteria in the baby's gut. And so that you can see that a baby can start out with less than ideal gut flora and exhibit symptoms of colic and unhappiness from belly problems. And maybe the baby even has skin problems. As we mentioned before, eczema is kind of a big thing that you see in babies and in young children. And often that can be traced back to the gut bacteria. Now, because of this, many people with lifelong health problems can trace it back to be being born without optimal gut bacteria. To add to the problem, many babies get ear infections and are given multiple rounds of antibiotics. The antibiotics further reduce that good bacteria and contribute to unhealthy bacterial and yeast overgrowth. Now, think about why some babies get ear infections and others don't. If the baby has poor gut bacteria, their immunity is already lowered, making them more susceptible to any sort of infection. 
So it's more likely that the babies with suboptimal gut flora will get sick and they'll need antibiotics more than the babies with balanced or good and healthy gut flora. And as this child grows, they continue with the imbalanced gut bacteria. The child might crave sweets and sugary foods, which will feed the bad bacteria and yeasts. And as the child eats more and more and more sugar and processed foods, more more of that bad bacteria will grow and it becomes a vicious cycle. Yes, and if the bad bacteria overgrowth is not fixed, and depending on the type of imbalance, this child could become overweight, depressed, anxious, do poorly in school, get sick a lot, feel sluggish and tired, or maybe even move towards attention deficit trouble and not be able to stop moving or be able to pay attention. And self-esteem is affected. The potential to earn a living will be compromised and sometimes relationships become difficult or near impossible. So gut microbial imbalance is a serious problem, especially when it begins in childhood. If you start out this way, you certainly can improve the picture, but it will be a lifelong issue to attend to. On the other hand, you could be born with relatively good gut bacterial balance and then develop problems later on. Now, how would this happen in an adult? Well, gut microbial imbalance occurs with these following things. One, eating too much sugar. And we've already spoken about that, but that sugar feeds the bad bacteria and it helps to grow the yeast. Another one is taking antibiotics. So antibiotics kind of means anti-life. And so, of course, we want to take the antibiotics if you need them, if you have an infection, but it's also killing your good bacteria. So taking antibiotics, that could even happen with just taking one course of antibiotics. But some people have been taking antibiotics for years, and if that's the case, then it certainly is a given that you have poor gut health. Another one would be getting food poisoning. You eat something, now you've got vomiting, diarrhea, food poisoning. That can upset your whole gut bacterial balance. And then the, the, the next one would be environmental, ta- <laughs> environmental toxins. Those environmental toxins that none of us can get away from at this point, they hamper the ability of your good bacteria to grow. Now, so listen to that. You you don't just want the good bacteria to go in there and think, well, if I just put the good bacteria in, they're just going to grow. If your gut is full of different toxins in there, that actually hampers the ability for the good bacteria to grow and divide at the rate that they should be dividing. Wow, that's very interesting. Now, let's talk about how imbalanced gut flora can cause trouble like depression and anxiety. Did you know that the gut has been commonly called the second brain? Why would that be? Well, what do you think is meant by the second brain? Well, a few things. Interesting, the gut and the brain originated from the same embryonic tissue. As the embryo grows, the brain and the gut differentiate into different tissues. But they started as the same cell and the same tissue type. So, as the gut differentiated itself from the brain, it developed its own nervous system, right? So, researchers found that if you sever the nerves running from the brain to the gut, the gut actually still works. 
you still have peristalsis and you still digest and process food, that nervous system is called the enteric nervous system. Oh, enteric nervous system. That's an interesting term. So let's just review your three nervous systems. A lot of times people think there's only two. So you're going to hear, you've heard of these ones before. The first one, your peripheral nervous system. And the peripheral nervous system has two parts, your autonomic nervous system. And that's kind of just on, it's autonomic. It's kind of like automatic or autopilot. That just keeps your heart beating and keeps everything running in your body that you don't really have to ever think about. And then you also have under the peripheral nervous system, your somatic nervous system, and that contracts muscles. When you decide to move, then the muscle contracts and moves. So that all goes under your first nervous system type is peripheral nervous system. Then the second type, and I know you've heard of this, the central nervous system, that's your brain and your spinal cord. But now here we have this special third nervous system. That's the one called the enteric nervous system. And that one innervates your gut. You actually have over a hundred million neurons embedded in your gut wall. And what I mean by nervous system is a big group of cells functioning together. Nerve cells are, for the most part, they're these long, skinny shapes, and they're all hooked to one another. They send messages down their long cells to from one nerve cell to the next nerve cell, and they tell various body tissues to do something. And in case of the gut, the nerve cells there tell your intestines to contract so you can poop. And then they also tell it to relax so that you don't poop. You could think of it as its own little world or its own little universe in there. Like it really has a mind of its own. And another reason the gut is called the second brain is because it makes about 95% of your neurotransmitters. Wow, it makes 95%. So I thought most of those were made in the brain. And then don't they work in the brain? Yes, they do. They do work in your brain, but almost all neurotransmitters are made in the gut. Now, um, what exactly is a neurotransmitter? Examples of neurotransmitters would be serotonin and dopamine, and your beneficial bacteria in your gut actually make these neurotransmitters. Most are even stored in the gut, and about 5% travel to and work in the brain. They connect to brain receptors, and they make you feel good. And when you feel depressed, it's because you have a lack of neurotransmitters, especially serotonin. When you lack that serotonin, most people get cravings to eat carbs. Carbs and sugar make you feel better because they bind to the same areas in your brain that serotonin and dopamine would do. And then they create that same output. So they make you feel better. This is an issue for many, many people. Realize that you are reaching for sugar to feel better. And there's nothing wrong with feeling better. However... It will be more beneficial for you if you address the underlying problem of a lack of serotonin or dopamine. Understanding now that the lack of serotonin or dopamine can come from imbalanced gut bacteria. Ooh, so this is interesting. This is the second time in the show we're talking about cravings. First, we talked about how cravings come from an overgrowth of unhealthy bacteria and yeast because those organisms eat sugar. 
and they make you eat sugar, right? And now, yes, and now we're talking about how cravings can come from a lack of neurotransmitters, serotonin and dopamine, which are made by the good bacteria. So we can already see that an imbalanced gut flora or too much bad bacteria and not enough good bacteria can increase cravings by two different mechanisms. Wow. Okay. That really makes sense. It's really helpful to know that there's a reason for all of these cravings, a reason other than we just don't have willpower. Yes, exactly. It's so important to understand your cravings and your desire for sugar and carbs does not mean that you're a weak person with no self-control. The people who don't crave carbs are the ones with balanced gut bacteria for the most part. It's not because they're more virtuous or stronger or have more self-discipline and control. Yes, it's actually a biochemical problem. In thinking about the gut as the second brain, really, the gut is is really the primary seat of the nervous system, meaning that it actually starts in the gut. That information should feel like a load off for a lot of people. So you can let go of any guilt about what you're eating and start to address the real causes of your eating problems. And as we move back to our topic of the gut as the second brain, we hope you're starting to understand the impact your gut health has on your brain. The link between your gut health and your brain should help explain the link between disorders such as ADHD, autism, depression, anxiety, and how those relate to imbalanced gut flora. For example, gluten intolerance is frequently a feature of autism, and many autistic children will improve when following a gluten-free diet. Another example would be someone's depression clearing up after they've improved their gut microbial balance. So now what do we do to address the problem of imbalanced gut flora? Well, you may have been hearing more and more in the news about fecal transplants. What? Yes, yes, you did hear me correctly. (laughs) Fecal transplants. That's putting poop from a healthy person into a sick person. Wow. Yeah. In fact, the Mayo Clinic and the Cleveland Clinic, amongst other hospitals, have been using this procedure successfully with people infected with Clostridium difficile, or maybe you've heard of C. difficile. It's a sort of a bacteria that people get overgrowth with when they're in the hospital treated with other antibiotics. This C. difficile overgrows, and it can actually be a life-threatening condition. And this procedure has shown great success so far. Lots of studies have shown that taking the fecal matter from a skinny mouse and transplanting it into a fat mouse makes the fat mouse lose weight. Now switch it. Switch it around and take the fecal matter from a fat mouse and transplant it to a skinny mouse, and the skinny mouse gains weight. And when you take fecal matter from a healthy, lean person and transplant it into a person with health problems, such as obesity, heart, circulatory, and blood sugar issues, significant improvements in the health of the sick person are seen. You know, research has found that there's not necessarily an exact recipe for gut bacteria. We can't really say what 
type of bacteria is going to be the best. You can find a healthy person with completely different gut bacteria than someone else who is healthy. For instance, a very healthy person might have overwhelmingly one strain of good bacteria, where a different healthy person might have many different strains of good bacteria. Researchers see a wide variation. However, the commonalities are that both healthy people have minimal harmful organisms and plenty of organisms that would be classified as good and healthy. Let's get back to these fecal transplants. Why would you do that rather than making it simple and just take probiotic supplements? Well, it's found that many of the probiotic organisms are actually destroyed or inactive they're destroyed or they're inactivated as they travel through your stomach and through your small intestine. Okay. Another, yeah, another issue is that very few of the organisms that do make it through your digestive tract, that they actually stop and adhere to your gut wall mm-hmm. and that they stay there and that they proliferate. So what we need here are the healthy, good organisms to take up residence in your gut and then they grow like crazy. Exactly. So you may be taking these supplements and maybe you're not really getting any benefit at all. And now we're going to just move into our second break for today. And we come back, we're going to continue this discussion. out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Have you figured out what's not working in your sex life? Could you use a little help? Join your host, Tamaran, for Let's Figure It Out Intimately. Tamaran has had both highs and lows in her sex life. She uses her experiences to teach you some basic techniques on how to create more fun, intimacy, and pleasure. Her guests also come from the sexual health and wellness industry. And together, Tamaran and her guests will help you get the sex life you've always longed for. Let's figure it out intimately. Airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you ever noticed that modern medicine tends to treat symptoms rather than causes? As a result, people rarely experience true healing or a transformation from which the body emerges healthy, vibrant, and alive. On Healing from Within with John Robson, learn to harness the synergistic healing power of your body and mind while discovering and dissolving the actual causes of your emotional and physical pain. Tune in and start Healing from Within every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Listen every week for Mental Health with Dr. Sarita Rao. Our program focuses on behavioral health issues like depression, dependence on drugs and alcohol, anger management, stress, and other challenges. From ADHD to bipolar disorder, we'll want to hear from you with questions and experiences to share. That's Mental Health with Dr. Sarita Rao, live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Find out more. You don't need to deal with this alone. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy here with Madeline and Jeannie. Before the break, we were talking about the supplements to take to build up your good bacteria. Jeannie, exactly. do those really work? Yeah, well, what we were discussing is that sometimes they don't make it through your digestive tract and they don't adhere to the gut wall and they don't proliferate. And so that's actually what led these researchers to consider the fecal transplants in the first place. Um, they were thinking, well, why don't we try to come in through the back door? So what this is really telling us is the importance of the gut bacteria on health and how critical it is. Exactly. And maybe fecal transplants will become commonplace in the future. Maybe quick minute clinics. What do you think, huh? You get in and you get out. (laughs) Right now, though, they're reserved for those suffering from the life-threatening case of the C. difficile. Well, the best way to proceed with improving your gut flora is a comprehensive plan of action, including fermented and cultured foods, possibly in combination with probiotic supplements. Now, for some reason, that just sounds a little bit more appealing than the fecal transplants. It does, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the entire key here is to choose foods and supplements that have the type of bacteria that do make it through your stomach alive, that they will adhere to your, your intestine wall and that they will proliferate. It sounds kind of like growing a garden. Yes, it is. You would never take some old dry seeds and sprinkle them on top of hard, dry, cracked soil and expect them to grow into vegetables, would you? Well, growing gut bacteria is no different. You need the right gut conditions and the right seeds. And before we get into the specifics about how to populate your gut with good organisms, let's just divert a bit and speak about the power of your thoughts on your gut microorganisms. Ooh, your thoughts. Yes, researchers have found that the mental and emotional influences or the perceptions of your environment and your belief systems can literally change your DNA. This falls under the category or the study of epigenetics. 
What is epigenetics? I'll explain. You know that you have your own DNA. You're, you have your own genetic code that you are born with, and that does not change. It's yours forever. However, there is something called an epigenome, which sits above. Epi means above. So your epigenome sits above the genome itself. The fascinating part of this is that you can change your epigenome. You can do things in your life that will turn various genes on and off. And this is amazing news because it means that even if you were born with a particular gene for a disease, your lifestyle choices can actually turn that gene off and you won't get that disease. Wow. So just because you have the genetic code does not mean that those genes will turn on and express themselves. And eating foods rich in phytonutrients is one of the best ways to turn off bad genes. Eating processed foods or sugar or damaged fats, those all turn on the bad genes. And believe it or not, researchers have found that even the thoughts that you think can change your epigenome. They found that your thoughts are even more powerful than other lifestyle elements at turning your genes on and off. Thinking bad thoughts is harmful for your genome. And thinking good thoughts is highly beneficial for your genome. Exactly. Researchers have found that certain types of microbes will proliferate based on the stress and emotional state of the individual. Think happy thoughts, grow happy bugs. Think unhappy thoughts and grow a whole different set of bugs. Sounds impossible, right? But remember that there are 100 trillion microbes in the gut and 100 million neurons embedded in the gut wall. The gut, remember, is called the second brain and will continue to function even when its neurons are severed from the brain. So we probably shouldn't underestimate the power of our bugs. Okay, so our first step to a gut with good flora is thinking good, positive thoughts. And what else is there to do? Well, let's attempt to populate the gut with bacteria and yeast that have a good probability of making it safely through the stomach acid, safely through the liver bile, and the pancreatic enzymes. We also need the organisms to adhere to the intestinal wall, and we need the organisms to proliferate. Speaking of the ability to proliferate, it's interesting to note that your healthy, good bacteria have the ability to replicate extremely quickly. Many can reproduce up to 100 or 1 million times in 8 hours. Yes, that is what Lucy said, 1 million times in 8 hours. However, even though the good bacteria have this great ability to replicate quickly, researchers have found that they do not grow like this when there are toxins, chemicals, sugar, and processed foods that are in the gut. Previous studies have confirmed that what you eat alters the composition of your gut flora. Eating a high vegetable, fiber-based diet produces a profoundly different composition of gut flora than a more typical diet high in carbs and processed fats. So before even considering populating your gut with beneficial bacteria, you must clean up your diet. You can see it would not be helpful to take probiotics along with sugar and processed foods because they would have a very difficult time proliferating in that environment. 
Okay, I think it's time. I think we are going to finally get to what you've been waiting for. What do we do? How do we fix this problem? The first step is to start eating a variety of fermented and cultured foods. This would include unpasteurized fermented vegetables and cultured kefir, tempeh, kimchi, natto. Those would all be included here. Yogurt is actually not on the top of our list. We recommend non-dairy sources unless you have access to organic raw goat or cow's milk. But if you have an unpasteurized organic cream that's then been cultured, that could be a good option. Go to our blog at mybodybalancednutrition.com and read about and watch the video on how to make the fermented vegetables. This is super inexpensive and something easy to do that everyone can do. And we often hear people talk about how expensive it is to eat healthy. Well, these fermented vegetables are pretty cheap to make and they go so far in improving your health. If you want to purchase a product, you should look for a Tula's Cocoa Kefir. In Minneapolis, we can find it in the local co-ops, but they do not distribute nationally, so you could order it online. Oh, no, you know what? I th- they, they do actually distribute nationally. Oh, they do? So, yeah, so it is across the country, but oh. it's, it's not necessarily in every single state. So wherever you are, you might just want to um, go. It's, it's called, again, Tula's, T-U-L-A, Tula's Cocoa, C-O-C-O, Kefir. And um, it's a, it is an interesting product because this is a family that developed this product, and the name of their daughter is Tula, and she was she had autism as a child, and so they um, really really worked at improving her health, and this was a big part of it. And so now this family, um, right here in Medina, Minnesota, manufactures this coconut kefir, and it's it's a highly enjoyable drink to take. It tastes a little bit like um, a fizzy. Uh, champagne and so but but like Madeline was mentioning you can also order it online and what what is Tula's cocoa key for Madeline it's fermented coconut water so you could also make this yourself if you get your own coconuts but it's a lot of work and it's not cheap to make yourself be aware of buying any kefir or other products with added fruit and sugar. You don't want to buy any pasteurized products either because the pasteurization kills the enzymes and most of the bacteria. So that's one benefit of making your own. Because remember we talked about that when you have that sugar, that feeds the bad bacteria. You want to eat these foods to help build your system with good bacteria. And when you make your own, you choose the bacteria that you put into it, and you know it's alive. And eating a variety of fermented foods to maximize the variety of organisms you're getting. Yes. Fermented veggies are also a great source of vitamin K2 if you ferment your own using the starter culture with the right bacteria and yeast. So when the right culture is used, a serving of about two to three ounces of the vegetables actually has 10 trillion beneficial bacteria, but it also has about 500 micrograms of vitamin K2. That's a pretty big source. It's hard to find the vitamin K2 in a lot of things. Vitamin K2, like we talked about earlier, is critical for assuring your calcium gets deposited into your bones and not into your arteries. 
You will want to look for certain strains of bacteria and yeast in the culture starter you choose for your fermented foods or in the probiotic supplements you choose to take. Look for lactobacillus plantarum. Now, I know that's a really big word. I'm just going to say it again, but you can just kind of spell it out. Um, it's, it's actually spelled how it sounds. I'm going to say it again. Lactobacillus, that's one word, and the other word is plantarum. So look for that on any sort of uh, fermented vegetables or anything that you're going to be eating. This lactobacillus plantarum is a bacteria, and it's been shown to safely transit your GI tract and adhere to your intestinal wall. And this this lactobacillus plantarum is found in the special culture that we use here in the studio to make the fermented vegetables and show our people in the nutrition classes. The company that makes the special culture is called Body Ecology. And you can go, I think it's bodyecology.com. Just Google them. You can order your own online. And the next organism to look for is something called bifidolactis. So I'll say it again. Bifidolactis. And that one also in studies has been shown to survive the GI tract and it also adheres to your gut wall. Um, and we do also have this bacteria in a product we have here. This isn't going to be in a, like a food product. This is a supplement. It's a product by the company Metagenics called Ultraflora Spectrum. So Ultraflora Spectrum by Metagenics has this great bifidolactis in it. And then another one you'll look for, now this is kind of a big word here, Saccharomyces boulardii. Those are two words. So saccharo, kind of like saccharin, <laughs> Saccharomyces. And then the second word is boulardii, B-O-U-L-L-A-R-D-I-I. And that one is not a bacteria. It's a yeast, a very beneficial yeast. This yeast has been shown to restore and maintain healthy gut ecology in both the large and small intestine. And that yeast will help to kill and eliminate the, any sort of bad bacteria and yeast, but it also supports the growth of the restoration of the healthy organism. So remember we talked about how it's important that they multiply. The Saccharomyces boulardii does that. And we've got that also here in the studio, but you can get it other places. This, this supplement is called Ultraflora Acute Care by Metagenics. This one is also especially helpful if you get food poisoning. And then there's one more you might want to look for that's called arabinogalactin, and that's a different sort of substance. It's a soluble fiber. That one supports the growth of a healthy and diverse gut flora, and it's actually a prebiotic. It's not an organism itself. It's something that supports the probiotics of the organisms to grow. And here at the studio, we have this in a product called Immune Plus. In addition to adding the fermented and cultured foods to your diet, you'll need to avoid certain things as well. For instance, foods to avoid include not only sugar and processed foods, but genetically engineered foods, especially corn and soy, which are the most harmful to your good bacteria. These foods are engineered to act on bacteria and microorganisms. Remember that you are 90% bug. You don't want to ingest foods that attack your own bacteria. Yes, and your beneficial gut bacteria can be harmed by chlorine and fluoride, so filter your water and avoid fluoride. And antibiotics can kill your gut bacteria. Only take these if it's absolutely necessary. And antibacterial soaps kill your good bacteria along with the bad bacteria. Avoid those. 
after years of antibacterial assault and our war on bacteria, many of the 10,000 possible strains of good bugs that should be in our bodies creating health simply do not exist anymore. Okay, and we're getting to the end of our show. And to just to sum up for everybody, our show on the gut bacteria today, let's just review the important points that we learned today. One, we learned that the status of your gut microorganisms affects your brain in terms of depression, anxiety, foggy thinking, ADHD. Most any brain or thinking trouble can originate in the gut. Second, we learned that to increase good gut organisms, the first thing is going to be to eliminate processed foods and sugar that feed the bad bacteria, and they also prevent the good bacteria from being able to multiply. On the same line of thought, get chlorine and fluoride out of your water. And then the next one, it's to change your thinking to good positive thoughts. Remember, the good positive thoughts have the ability to change the epigenome of your gut bacteria. And then we want to also start eating fermented vegetables and cultured foods. Remember to go to the My Body Balance Nutrition blog and look up that video on how to make fermented vegetables and get yourself started on those as soon as you can. And then the final step would be to consider taking a probiotic supplement that contains the right organisms. And those organisms you'd look for in a supplement, there are other good ones, but mainly these are ones that will adhere to the gut wall, is the Bifidolactis and the Saccharomyces boulardii. Well, Lucy, what do you think? Well, it looks like it's time to wrap up another show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure to check out the blog to see the video on how to make fermented vegetables. Look, on, look us up on Facebook and listen next week. I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie, and that's our show. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Lucy Hewitt for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.